Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Speaking and Communicating Podcast. My name is Roberta, and I'm back this week with another episode for this platform where we talk everything speaking, communication, interpersonal skills. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is August Modicha. She is a South African a very young 22-year-old who's done some amazing things already. And I'll give her time to share those things with you when she finally has a chance to introduce herself. But August is a student at the Drexel University. She is studying economics, politics, and philosophy. She once partnered with the United Nations for a project that was empowering youth especially young girls in South Africa. And her greatest work and the greatest achievement is her mentorship program, where she mentors both young girls and boys on public speaking and communication skills and helping them to do that and work towards turning that into a career. So big shout out, help me welcome Olga Smodiha. Hello, 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 everyone. So, August, welcome to our Speaking and Communicating podcast. I've said a few things about you. Please introduce yourself and tell us more than I've already done. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you, Roberta, for inviting me to your podcast. Um, As has been mentioned, uh, in addition to being a student at Drexel University, I also, at the age of 16, founded a nonprofit in South Africa that essentially worked on integrating uh, opportunities to young girls who didn't have opportunities, whether it was in their academics or their career, to opportunities that were existent in the cities. And that later got recognized by the United Nations and we worked together on uh, expanding the work that we've done. So the organization is six years in existence as of now. And we have gone global. We have partnerships in Libya and Nigeria and Ghana and still counting. So I'm very like proud and humbled by the support we've received and the impact we have made such so far. That sounds amazing. So it's been around for six years already. Yes. Yes. Wow. That is amazing. And then tell us, why did you choose to move to the United States for your tertiary studies? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been a dream of mine since I I could remember in high school. When I was in public school, I just wanted to go and study in the U.S., but most prominently for the economic mobility it provided. Mm -hmm. Uh, my, My goals have changed over time, but I think the one thing that's been present is that I want to be able to make an impact that is uh, intercontinental, that is global, whether it's in the world of politics or finance, which is the route I'm taking currently. So, and I saw that the US was a good opportunity to pursue that. And once I put my foot down on having that goal set, um, all the help that I needed began to show up um, in addition to, you know, the work I've done. So I'm really, really grateful that that dream has eventually come true. But I most uh, importantly hope that, you know, the other dreams that pertain to my career and academics also come into fruition in their due time, of course. Wonderful. And as you say, as soon as you take action, as, to, as soon as you take that very first step, everything else just shows up. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
everything else just shows up. Now, but what I'm most interested about when it comes to today's episode, I know that you mentor young girls and boys on public speaking as a potential career for them. How did that start? Yeah, so my background is that uh, from a very young age, I used to have a very strong stutter. So, but I didn't see, being an only child, you don't have the opportunity to compare yourself to anybody else. I didn't see that as a flaw up until I think I probably got to high school and had to, you know, speak in front of people. And, you know, I, I didn't see that as a problem until I got to, you know, high school and have friends who would maybe make funny faces and whatever. So I, I certainly went from being an extrovert and then retreated and really went back to just not talking to people because I didn't see it as a flaw. I only began to see it as I integrated with other groups of people. And then when I was in the ninth grade, and I think of this person as, you know, heaven sent, um, my English teacher, she heard me reading a passage, I think, in class. And she said, um, I want you to come with me and join me on this poetry competition. I want you to participate. Mm -hmm. And I thought at that time, it was the most bizarre thing. Why would you take a young girl with a huge stutter to go into doing anything that has to do with public speaking or poetry at that time? That is interesting. Said, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, that's crazy. <laughs> Why would you do that? Then she said, just trust me. Mm. She is heaven sent in so many ways. Uh, Miss Matibe, I remember her till this date. We would stay after school, day after day, practicing, rehearsing, and then preparing for those competitions, essentially. But I didn't know that she was essentially preparing me for the world of public speaking. So little things like mm -hmm. engaging with the audience, your eye contact, knowing when to pause and why you need to pause, all right. these little techniques that came with public speaking, she taught me through the means of poetry and I loved writing. So, mm -hmm. you know, competition after competition, I won third place first, then my very last competition wow. I won place. And within, through the practice, I think she was my oral therapist. With mm -hmm. each practice, my speech got better. Worked on the stuttering. Uh-huh. Because yeah. I'm about to ask, when you were winning these competitions, how uh, was stuttering still a problem? When I'm on stage, it seems to not come as much. It's when thinking about what to say, and uh -huh. the, if you give me, if you put, if you put me on the spot right then, I will probably stutter because you know I'm still forming my thought. But if it's rehearsed, if it's practiced, zero. So when you know exactly what to say, the stuttering goes away. Yes. That is yes. amazing. I wonder how many people listening are close to or know someone with that problem and if it's something that could help them. Yes. Do you think that's why your teacher picked you and in order for you to engage in this project? You know, I would have to ask her, but if I would know something for sure, it's that she really did love my writing ability. Uh, oh, okay. That's right. Attracted okay. her. And I think, and you know, in a public school, they're not teachers are not paid as much. So she spent a lot of her time and her money and her. Yes. Yes. And me out of a hundred and something other students. Wow. Competition. So I. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and little did I know that a year on from, cause she, she left the school after I finished being um, in the same grade where she taught me English. She right. 
onto another job. So immediately the next year, I thought, let's just start a, a nonprofit organization. In fact, at that time, it was, it was just an event because mm-hmm. I used to go off on my own to seminars and conferences and attend with my school uniform, just because I really wanted to, you know, get ahead in terms of my career. That was my only thinking. Right. And then I got back to school. I'm like, my peer group is not exposed to any of these opportunities that I'm seeing at these conferences. Mm-hmm. And, so, and I'm like, let's bring those opportunities to my high school at that time. Uh-huh. So I gathered a couple of friends and I, we hosted the first event. That's how it started as an event. And through the connections I had made from attending those conferences, we were able to organize public speakers, people Mm -hmm. in different uh, industries to come speak about their career to these students so that they can know that, you know, having been like that exists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, August. If you've just joined us on the Speaking and Communicating podcast, we have August Madiha tonight, and she's sharing with us her journey of being a public speaking mentor to young people. So that's how it started. Yes. After attending these conferences and seminars, you brought that to your school. Yes. And so then take us through after these people have arrived and they've inspired you guys as high schoolers, what happened next? Yeah. So from that first event, which was huge, we had Ume Putimahangele, who is an investment I banker. I know her, yes. Yes, I'm mm-hmm. honored to have called her a mentor. She's the uh, CEO of which company nowadays? Right now it's Sigma Capital. She moved from Ushanduka. I remember she was in Shanduga, yes. She's the CEO of Sigma Capital in South Africa. I remember. Oh, I know her very well. Yes. She, Carry on. She, mm-hmm. Another blessing mm-hmm. that walked into my life and right. really showed me things I didn't know. She was really so welcoming and warm. I appreciate her till this date. She was one of our first um, experts who came into the event that we had planned. Mm-hmm. Um, And I said to uh, my team and I, we can make this bigger. We can cement this. And later on, it then became a nonprofit organization where it moved from just being a thing where we have events, but also where we had workshops where we were going to Pretoria. Pretoria was the most easily accessible uh, area from Joburg at that time. So we'd go to Soshanguve and all these other places at the townships to speak to students and have workshops on either computer skills, applying to, to colleges and universities mm-hmm. in South Africa, and then intermittently we'll bring them to uh, uh, whatever event we're able to find at that time. Right. You have spelling bees or another event, another like conference seminar-ish, but it's catered for students as the audience. Mm-hmm. So we went to art galleries for students who wanted who were interested in the arts. We mm-hmm. went to uh, we met the Banyana Banyana coach at a certain time. Uh, okay, to- just a disclaimer: Banyana Banyana is Africa's female football club. Yay! And they always win. I love them. All right, yeah. carry on. They should pay. Mm-hmm. They should pay the female soccer players more because they're the ones winning. Definitely, yeah. they always bring home the wins. Of course, yes. All right. <laughs> Yeah. So what we've what we're talking about are areas in South Africa where, uh, especially black townships, where some of the resources are still missing in terms of um, the schools. Some of some of the resources they don't have in exposing children to potential other careers. Do you think that uh, career guidance counselors in those schools 
do you think they are aware as well of potential careers in this um, industry of speaking or they just usually push the, you know, the, the, the common ones like, oh, nursing, teaching, doctor, lawyer? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I would say to begin with, uh, in these societies, you know, model three schools, they don't have career guidance counselors at all. all. Yes. Because we so didn't the have them in the township schools either. That's right. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So we played that role, actually, thinking about that. Mm-hmm. We tried to be the career guidance counselors because, yes, you're right. Uh, my mom wanted me to be just be an accountant. You know, you're just forced to go to these STEM mm-hmm. Uh, professions or other professions that are perceived to you to know make the most important. money that's right yeah but that's where the students passions are mm-hmm. and many of them do end up doing those professions just because they don't know that there is an alternative that they're able to make just as much money you know if they are able to mm-hmm. have those accesses those contact points really it's about networking uh, at and the end of the, the day. lack of exposure for them as you say they don't even have career guidance counselors because if nobody teaches you that one you can actually pursue something you love and you can make a wonderful living out of it agreed that is, i think the only options available to you are the common ones and which one makes the most money so i can pay off my student loans etc so that's 100%. usually what they are exposed to yeah And I started seeing later on that our demographic that uh, would get the most positive results on were not A students, because obviously the A students went to UCT or UJ because they got the funding to go there, right? But the other students who are not performing well, they didn't have alternatives, you know, and usually the other more creative or Mm -hmm. more uh, than the typical age have potential brighter futures that's right UCT meaning the University of Cape Town and UJ meaning the University of Johannesburg uh, yes. a lot more South African landmarks today that we're talking about with August on our podcast but more so we're going to draw a lot of parallels on how in any country around the world we can inspire youth to pursue careers in public speaking so once you've brought this to the students in, in, uh, at the school, what, what are some of the responses you get? What, what, so over these years, what have you seen happening? Yeah, so from that very first event right up to the spelling bees and the art gallery visits and so forth, one common denominator from you know, the feedback and the responses are from parents more than mm. anything. The parents reach out and say, I didn't know, I was worried about my child. What is she going to do after finishing, mm. which is the final year of high school? Right. They're very grateful because they either have contacts that could possibly help them. They see that there are very many companies that are willing to provide the funding for students who have passions in a specific area, whether that's in banking or in finance. Mm-hmm. So the- the parents were most grateful because I think that's the biggest headache for people who live in underdeveloped uh, places and impoverished townships is that they don't have the funds to pursue these things more than anything. And, and to act, go to avenues where they could potentially um, find more information about them so that they can see. Yeah, I think, like I said, it's lack of exposure more than anything, the lack of resources for them to even come to know that those avenues exist. So in, in the parents um, coming to you, did you then 
so when when parents come to you, are the children on the same page as well? Let me ask that first. The, okay. the kids. It depends, and it's parent to parent. And I think I've said it, this in one of my Facebook posts. Sometimes it's the parents alone. Other oh. times, the students. Uh, sometimes the parent, the students have talked to their parents, saying this is amazing. Uh, I'm pursue this. Mm -hmm. yes. And the parents echo that same notion. So it, it's very, it's been all over the place. Right. Do you have any students that have graduated high school who were on this program? Yes, a hundred percent. We have, I think, right now a tracking of. 23 that are, we are able to count. That's amazing. Yeah. You've been, we helped you with your re registering for your applications to university mm -hmm. in South Africa. 23 so far on record. I'm hoping mm. that there's more out there, but these are the records that we have. We have students that go to the University of Pretoria, University of Western Cape. Most of them are in South Africa. So those are the records right. you can say for sure. Otherwise, you know, if somebody else maybe attended and applied on their own, that's another thing, yeah. The Im impact is impact. As long as they have someone out there holding their hands. Because every, every one of these children have the potential to be anything they want to be. And is just as much smart as the next kid. But the lack of exposure and resources where they went to school could be the differentiating factor. And it actually is the differentiating factor. Yeah. Yes. So you make, you're changing these kids' lives. How does that feel? Ah. Uh... I feel like the work is incomplete. I don't feel sure. anywhere near the work is, is very much incomplete. Mm -hmm. if you look at the statistics in South Africa, you know, from gender-based mm -hmm. violence rate to where how how much school is costing in South Africa. There's a lot of things that keep me worried. So the work is incomplete and the mm -hmm. journey to feeling satisfied is very far, I think. It's very far mm -hmm. away. But thanks that we have someone like you who are looking out for these children. If anybody is sitting and listening to this, po this podcast, uh, by the way, we are on the Speaking and Communicating podcast talking to August Modija, who has a program for youth on pursuing their careers, especially in public speaking. If anyone is sitting here listening and they want to know if there's anything they can do in helping hold another South African kid's hand, expose them, help them with resources that they don't have? Is there anything, any practical steps they can take? Yes. I will make any contribution in whatever uh -huh. way, shape or form. A hundred percent. I think so. And many, many people think, oh, if somebody is asking me, how can I help? It's like, oh, I don't have the money or I don't have the means. And it's, I promise you, it's never about the never means. the money. Mm -hmm. I, my mom is a nurse at a public hospital. So you can imagine what my financial means were growing up. So it's always about using the resources and being able to put yourself out there. Mm. I was the weird kid in school uniform at these business conferences, reaching out to people, speaking to you know people who look like they could be in a position to help me and right. let them know what it is exactly that I want. You know, that's the issue that people have. They'll have the opportunity to meet somebody that could potentially help them mm -hmm. and then have no clue what they want to do with their life. It's like, okay, you want to go to college. You don't know what you want to study. You know, I want to see if you have a plan and whether or not you're going to follow through with the plan. That's what they're right. looking for more mm -hmm. than anything. So if you have a clear vision of what it is you want, then make the conscious effort to put yourself out there. Go and out go there. Mm -hmm. yes. It's not going to come to you. 
a hundred percent. I've had many messages saying, oh, I also want to study abroad, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool, what do you want to do? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. What do you suggest? And I'm like, oh, no, it's not, it's not my life. <laughs> you never suggest. And that's, I can imagine how irritating that could be for somebody who has a very tight schedule, uh, for somebody to take out their time to listen to you and you don't have a clear vision. So once you have a vision of what it is, mm-hmm. what you want to do, and be specific, which university do you want to go to? Why is it that university you want to go to? What do you plan to do after you graduate? If you have those things clarified for you in your mind, mm-hmm. then you know, do what you have to do and then release and hope that the universe you know, comes for you in your favor. Is this the kind of information they can Google or find on YouTube or? More often than not, yes. All the things okay. we did. There are no excuses you're saying yes. this there's okay. no excuses but also i don't want to come off as maybe elitist and it's like oh she's no no yeah but there is there is a way to find this information there is a way for you to uh find information whatever it is that you want to pursue there is the due diligence resources available there are resources for that enable you to do your due diligence the rest I would openly and humbly. What about what about if somebody like me wants to mentor one of the girls or something? Yeah. So for for us, it's because we had a platform or mm-hmm. we had events that intrigue different uh, demographics of people. So it's right. really it's it's not systematic as you hope, hope it is. It's really fluid. If a person is interested in being mentored, mm-hmm. they put themselves up. If and usually when there's mentorship, there's always like an ultimate goal. Do you want to go to university? Are you looking to be an entrepreneur and start up your business? Right. So we're able to connect you to the right kind of mentors that can help you. But other than that, I think I'm a mentor in the sense of a personal sense where you're looking for professional or personal development, you know, mm-hmm. things like scheduling, things like timing. We're always... The skills. Yeah. Yes. Those are things that we're always uh, able to help at any given time. In fact, you don't even have to schedule anything for that. There's also the career path mentorship program that we have, which I think is more beneficial in many ways because you only get to put the personal skills in practice when you're in. When you start pursuing your career. That's right. If you're waiting, like I can only tell you, read a book. You know, there's nothing else I can tell you on a personal mentorship scale. But if you have a plan, you can put a career path. And I can intermittently join in then talk about all the little soft skills, as you mentioned. Because you do the work. We are there to just help you along, help direct you, guide you along. All right. So that's amazing. Taho, thank you so much. Before we close, we want to know where to find you on social media so that if anybody wants to know how they can mentor, how they can be mentored, where can, I, where can they find you? Yeah, so I think right now my most active social media site is Instagram. And oh, you, right. can find me, you can find me at uh, Miss President SA. So it's is, at, it, is it M S or M I S S? It's M S. M S P R E S I D E N T S A. Correct. Correct. Okay, so that's your Instagram, M-S-P-R-E-S-I-D-E-N-T-S-A, Miss President S-A. That's where on Instagram you can find August and she can share with you what it is that you can do with regards to mentorship. Is that the only social media platform? 
Yeah, that's the only social media platform I would say you would find me on. But if you're looking for something professional or you're interested in the organization, anything more of a professional sense, I would say send me an email. And it's again, mspresidentessay at gmail. M-S-P-R-E-S-I-D-E-N-T-S-A mispresidentsasa for south africa at gmail.com that is her email address but obviously somebody can message you on instagram right and ask the same the exact same questions all right so today we have learned about august modeja our south african trailblazer who worked with the united nations on a youth project she is currently and she's been doing it actually for six years she's currently mentoring young girls especially in pursuing their careers especially in public speaking and exposing them to other potential careers that they may not have known they existed before which is exactly what they need, especially in some of the areas in South Africa where those resources don't exist. August, thank you very much for spending your time with us. We really appreciate you. Just remember on Instagram, Miss MS, President SA, all one word. SA standing for South Africa. That's where you find on Instagram. And if you prefer to email her because you don't have Instagram, it's misspresidentsa at gmail.com. M-S-P-R-E-S-I-D-E-N-T-S-A at gmail.com. Thank you very much, August, for joining us on our podcast. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate being here. Stay tuned for our next episode.